Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tim's News Explosion on this glorious Monday, the 16th of October, 2023. We are live on the Wilmsfront YouTube channel, the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel, and the Wilmsfront Rumble channel. I'm back to entropy now. I could figure out how to work the new system. So if you want to send through a super chat message uh, to support not just this program, but other unshackled productions, uh, then I've put the link into the YouTube live chat. Hello to Peak Aussie Men, Vignal, Dawn Browning. It is 9pm here in Melbourne, Victoria. And for the first time in a long time, I am a proud Victorian uh, because Victoria, like every other state in Australia, voted down, said no to enshrining an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice in our constitution. Australia is back. This is MAGA country because obviously MAGA also means make Australia great again. And there is optimism now that we can turn the corner. Uh, we can middle Australia, ordinary Australians, working Australians, take back Australia uh, from the elites and the communists who are trying to take control away from us and the voice was a weapon that they wanted to use using aboriginal grievance white guilt uh, accusations of racism fake history why don't we have a look at uh, the update the latest of the glorious count let's have a look at this uh, so this is the the abc's well they, it's basically their computerized Re republication of the referendum vote, but it's got it all in graphics there. So Anthony Green, the ABC's elections and referendum analyst, he called a victory for the no vote at 7.30 p.m., uh, which was Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So when the polls had only just closed in Queensland, they hadn't even closed in WA. And so if we look at uh, the national count, so almost 79% counted. Yes, it is at less than 40% now, 39.3%, 5.43 million votes. Well, no, a whopping 60.7% of the vote. And it's probably going to get larger now as uh, pre, well, they've counted the pre-polls. I mean, absentee and postal votes. Uh, so 8.38 million no votes so far. New South Wales voted no. The margin is currently 
at 40.4% yes, 59.6% no. Victoria, and uh, this is this is what uh, even blew uh, some on the the right side of politics minds that uh, Dan Andrews, uh, when he was ruling over us, he said that uh, Victoria was the most progressive state in Australia. Well, it was so progressive in that it had the 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 highest yes vote, uh, but it wasn't a majority of Victorian voters. I've moved in for you a bit there. Uh, so Victoria, 45% yes, 55% no. Tasmania, remember the poll, several polls said that Tasmania would be the only state to vote yes. No one convincingly, yes, only managed 40.5% and no was 59.5%. South Australia, where the the yes campaign was launched by Anthony Albanese, Peter Malinowskis, the South Australian Labor Premier. He was probably the Labor Premier who most uh, attached himself to the voice. Uh, so South Australia, they voted it down significantly. 35.2% yes, 64.8% no. Queensland, number one for no, 31.1% yes. 68.9% no. Western Australia, the margin wasn't quite as big as some were predicting for Western Australia, but it was still an easy victory for no. 36.2% for yes, 63.8% for no. The Northern Territory, where 30% of the population is Indigenous, 39.5% voted yes, 60.5% voted no. The ACT, the Canberra bubble, well, <laughs> which is full of public servants and other lefties living off the, the taxpayer teat, only jurisdiction in Australia to vote yes, though they only just scraped over 60.8% yes, 39.2% no. And so this is an even bigger uh, victory for the no vote than in the, the 1999 Australian Republican referendum, which is the, the last referendum that, that uh, Australians were asked to vote on to change the constitution. Uh, so that was 45.13% yes and 54.87% no. And the, the results, uh, it was uh, only the ACT uh, that uh, voted yes. And like it was the same with the poll early polling for the Republic referendum as it was for the voice referendum. The poll started overwhelmingly yes. In fact, that's the history of referendum questions in Australia that uh, they tend to, when the, the feeler is put out, how do you feel about changing the constitution uh, for this? Uh, the people are receptive to it initially, but when they look at the detail, then they, they look and hang on, this doesn't seem like a good idea. And this is what uh, Australians eventually figured out about the voice. The more they heard about it, the more they learnt that it was basic, it could lead to constitutional chaos with this. And remember, Anthony Albanese said, we'll sort out the detail afterward. It wasn't just a voice to parliament. It was a voice to the executive with the high court, given its uh, 
judicial activist history. I mean, it just made up uh, the Marbo and Wick land rights decision. We don't know if they could have held up uh, the decisions of government uh, if their High Court decided that uh, government, that the voice wasn't consulted enough by governments. Uh, now, the Yes campaign, uh, which despite the fact that they said that uh, oh, this was about uh, helping uh, those Aborigines in uh, rural and remote areas, it was the inner cities where, well, <laughs> a lot of white people uh, live, although there are a lot of Aborigines there, but uh, a lot of them are varying percentage of, of Aboriginals. So it was the inner city electorates in Melbourne and Sydney uh, that voted overwhelmingly yes. Uh, so going back to the, the ABC here, they had this, uh, had this interactive electorate graphic here. I'm not sure if you can see it there. I'll put the electorate, electorates there. Uh, so the yes votes are in purple, the no electorates, I should say, are in orange. And you can see in inner Melbourne there, uh, the, the inner city Labor, Green and Teal seats all voted a yes. There was not a Liberal seat in Victoria that voted yes. The At the moment, the only Liberal seat uh, that looks to have voted yes is Bradfield, which is held by a shadow, uh, I think he's communications minister, uh, Paul Fletcher. Uh, so he, uh, though it was only barely a majority there, 51-49, and uh, shadow, a former Shadow Attorney General and Indigenous Affairs spokesman Julian Lisa, who resigned uh, from the front bench uh, to, uh, to advocate for a yes vote, was part of the cringe <laughs> uh, Liberals for Yes, and they look absolutely like fools today. Uh, so his seat of Barawa, 53.4%. Uh, no, uh, Bridget Archer, another Liberal for yes. Uh, in Launceston, Tasmania, 61.8%. No, 38.2% uh, yes. She looks very foolish there. And the multicultural Labor electorates in Sydney and Melbourne, all voted no, although Cos Samaras, uh, Dan Andrews, uh, former deputy campaign director and now director at Redbridge uh, Polling, uh, according to him, uh, the silver lining, and I've got the, the tweet here, is that uh, Melbourne's uh, Indian uh, community uh, apparently voted yes. So he said the polling place in Mickleham, the federal seat of Col uh, Colwell, it was at the Yayagala Primary School, one of the few booths that recorded a win for yes in that seat. This suburb is now almost 60% Australian Indian enrolled voters, a bit lower. This community did not have to wait for the yes campaign to reach out to them. That would have taken a few years if ever they voted yes, because they are acutely aware of what the Brits have done to them and the Aboriginal Australians. Is that why they spend more time these days fighting each other instead of apparently the 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 the, the white British empire uh, that uh, 
oppress them. I mean, they still play uh, cricket, but Cosamares, uh, he's a a demographics is destiny guy, and you could tell uh, when obviously the polling wasn't going the way that he wanted. The sneering that, oh, it's the uneducated, uh, poorer, and boomers who are all voting no. In, uh, i.e. implying that if you're educated and smart and earn a lot of money and live in a nice suburb, uh, you're going to be informed enough to vote yes. Uh, now, uh, Cost doesn't need to advocate for more uh, Indian immigration into Australia. Uh, that's already happening anyway. Uh, but that is the Labor why Labor still believes that uh, they can keep winning federal and state elections is just based on demographics because these multicultural areas, they may have voted no to the voice, uh, but they'll still vote yes for the Labor Party. Uh, Peter Dutton, uh, he certainly hasn't, <laughs> is not in the box seat uh, to win the next election. Anthony Albanese may have shot himself in the foot, but a a shot in the foot is not fatal. Now that's enough nerdy, nerdy num numbers uh, from uh, from the referendum. Now let's get into the salty aftermath, the leftist tears. I've got some spare tissues if uh, if you if you'd like some uh, lefties uh, because well we're all expecting a massive uh, dummy spit like this is the first vote in Australia they've lost since COVID. I mean they all lost their minds after the 2019 federal elections, but they've had wins ever since. Uh, so uh, we had this uh, from uh, the chaser who used to be funny. So Opera House to be lit up in white to commemorate no victory. Well, isn't the Opera House always white? It's always lit up in white. I'm not sure that uh, that's a joke there. Uh, Catherine Rowlandson, one half of the the Rowlandson uh, twins, uh, the uh, Labor, <laughs> Labor rusted on drip stands her sister victoria rollinson is also uh, she's a, a a massive massive progressive uh, left hard every yes voter is hurting seething livid with dutton price mundane every no voter hasn't given it a second thought apathetic the liberal party should take a very hard look at it. every booth lga state and federal seat where yes polled well baseball bats out next poll well, you might have the the, the baseball bats, so which I should I should also clarify that's not an incitement to violence. It's a Australian election uh, uh, political expression that voters, when they vote out a government because they they hate them, uh, they're ready to throw them out with baseball bats. It was actually termed by uh, Michael Lavage, who was. Uh, Paul Keating's Attorney General when he lost his seat in Queensland at the 1996 federal election. Uh, now, I saw I saw Dawn Brown, uh, sorry, Lady of Shalott, enjoyed our referendum night stream, uh, which was obviously a joint uh, stream uh, with Right Minds NZ. We brought back Trad Tasman talk for a night because it was the New Zealand general election there and another good result uh, with the Hipkins 
uh, Dern Labor government uh, thrown out. We'll get to uh, the updates of of those results, but uh, let's get to the, the, as I said, get back to the salty aftermath. Uh, So this was Thomas Mayo, uh, the communist uh, yes campaigner, who's, well, Torres Strait Islander uh, ethnicity. It's not exactly clear, but of course he blamed uh, mis disinformation. They already had the excuses ready to go. Mis and disinformation, uh, racism, white supremacist propaganda, you name it. Uh, So this was uh, him at uh, the yes, well, commiserations. I think that the proposal that we have made is the right one. Uh, We need a voice. We need that structural change. um, And we got it right at Uluru. Uh, But we have seen a disgusting uh, no campaign, a campaign that has been dishonest, that has lied to the Australian people, and I'm sure that will come out in the analysis. Uh, I'm sure that history will reflect poorly on Peter Dutton, uh, Pauline Hanson, uh, all of those that have opposed this. Um, And so, you know, I I don't know what's next, but um, but, uh, it's just devastating. Uh, I disagree that this was a bad idea. Uh, because I know that we needed that foundational change, you know, to be recognised and to have a guaranteed representative body. Not politicians that uh, purport to speak for us, uh, like the one that we've just heard. Uh, Not having political parties choose Indigenous people for us, but having us choose our our leaders ourselves. We got that right. Uh, I'm not blaming the Australian people at all, but who I do blame and who I hope that Um, The Australian people look very closely at the next time they have a say in this democracy about who our leadership is. I hope they look at who lied to the Australian people. I think Albanese um, was courageous. I think he was empathetic. I think he genuinely wanted this change. uh, And he has done the right thing by putting it to the people. So it's not his fault. It's not the Australian people's fault. It's the people that have lied uh, to us, to the Australian people. They are the ones that we should be blaming. Yeah, using the words of uh, that uh, of the recent recently emerged uh, Australian meme, Avasor can't. Now, I that was on the ABC. They were uh, in mourning, and uh, they were even uh, more glum faced over on the National Indigenous uh, Television Network (NITV), which is part of SBS. And uh, they had a Marsha Langton on. Of course, uh, she uh, was one of the designers of The Voice and proposed the 25-member model, Canberra-based model, uh, which Anthony Albanese said will work out after the election how they're elected. Uh, This uh, was her on NITV as no what no result was confirmed. So it's not true that I think Australians are racist and I want to say a big thank you to the 50,000 volunteers who worked hard on the campaign uh, with us uh, to try to achieve a yes vote for a very simple proposition that would recognise us as the Indigenous Mm. peoples of Australia, our ancestors having come 60,000 years ago not about race. It's not about race at all. And that was my message. Mm. This question was not about race. The No campaign have turned it into uh, a a racially divisive 
proposition when it is not at all. Being Indigenous does not mean that we are members of the imaginary 19th century race that was put into the Constitution and remains in the Constitution. You cannot say that putting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander in a Constitution, which all my life and all my parents' life and all my grandparents' life, is a, uh, we were Aboriginal is a race. Torres Strait Islanders are a race. And then to pretend that by putting those things in the Constitution, it is not about putting a race in the Constitution. Now, it got more heated uh, after that uh, with Marsha Langton and Noel Pearson, because Marsha Langton, obviously, uh, she chose her words carefully. Uh, She's still denying uh, that uh, she called, uh, well, she she said uh, that uh, many of the no campaigners are spewing racism or the no arguments are either based in racism or sheer stupidity. She denied that she called Australians racist, even though she said uh, in years back, Australia was a horrible and racist country. So Warren Mundine, uh, he fired up and decided to call her BS. Uh, she, <laughs> and Marsha Langton, she was uh, borrowing the Noel Pearson argument. Oh, this is not about race. It's about recognising that our distinctive uh, race uh, was on the continent before European uh, settlement. <laughs> Again, it's it, it's not bought. Uh, so this is where uh, Warren Mundine uh, decided to call out uh, Marsha Langton's. Well, she was putting on a, a nice face uh, that night. Fighting this country and moving uh, forward uh, Warren, and fixing the problems that we have I'm in Aboriginal communities. just going to interrupt you there because... You know, I'm not going to sit here and cop lies well, from well, people. Well, we're not going to sit here and, and take you abusing a, a national treasure like Marcia Langton, who never said that Australians were racist. And, you must accept and her words were twisted. I'm going to stop you there, Warren. The people make the decisions. I think, well, we've just seen who Warren Mundine is. Yes, um, that's right. Uh, do you have anything well, further to add? I, I didn't say that Australians are racist. And uh, that there was a, a man videoing what I said uh, in Bunbury, and he sent his video through to Shari Markson, and she said, she only played mm. one part of it, and she said that I was accusing Australians of being racist. That is not what I said. What I said was that the messaging of the no campaign is based in some racial racialist assumptions. <laughs> they referred to where Marsha Langton as a national treasure. Uh, how do you get to be a national treasurer of a country that you call horrible and racist? And yeah, they, <laughs> clearly uh, there was no objectivity there. I can't remember her name, uh, that uh, that presenter. I, I will look it up there. Presenters of the NIT program, The Point. Uh, so it is co-hosted by, let me let me get the name. So I'm not, uh, so it's hosted by Nerida Jacobs. That was the, the woman there and uh, John Paul Janko. John Paul Janko, he was on uh, Insiders uh, the next day. I'll get to uh, what was said uh, by one of the ABC's several Indigenous reporters, Isabella Higgins, on Insiders in a moment. Uh, but uh, Warren Mundine, uh, he, uh, he he was he continued to be fired up when he were he got these uh, disgusting 
uh, loaded biased questions from the ABC Radio National host, Patricia Carvelis, who's been so biased throughout the campaign with her uh, pro-voice stance, hectoring and interrupting no campaigners and basically giving most yes activists a free pass. This was her uh, trying to uh, have a go at Warren Mundine because the result didn't go the way she wanted. You've certainly won tonight. Have you won? Well, is reconciliation now dead in this country? Oh, no, no way it's dead. Uh, the, the, Australia has been on, on a journey now for, for 30 years uh, and we've had a wonderful journey moving forward. Uh, just because a proposal that was put forward was rejected by the Australian public, there's two things that really I've heard in the polling booths and I've heard around Australia is one, they want practical outcomes for Indigenous people. They, they're, they're sick and tired of, of, of governments mucking up things. They want it to be fixed. And, of course, the other thing is they do want to have Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people recognising the Constitution uh, for as the first people of this country and they are very proud of the uh, Aboriginal people and its history. Um, Thomas Mayer spoke to the ABC a little earlier, our colleague Isabella Higgins, and said that he's not angry with the Australian people. He believes the No campaign ran a dirty campaign of lies. There were many things that your campaign said that weren't true. Do you regret taking that approach? I reject your, uh, uh, what you just said. Uh, the idea of uh, dividing on racial division when there's already race in the Constitution, that's not factual. Well, the factual is that I'm Aboriginal. I've, all my life I've been uh, told I'm a, I'm a member of the Aboriginal race. My parents have been told that they're a member of the Aboriginal race and therefore it is race. Uh, now, Patricia Carvelis is Greek, FYI, uh, same as uh, Cos Samares. There's, there's hardly any conservative Greeks that are represented in Australia's mainstream media. They all seem to be basic uh, communists after uh, the, the, the great uh, migration to Australia after World War II. Most of the, the Greeks who came here uh, were communists uh, because uh, Greek communists lost the, the civil war after World War II. Uh, so that is another Austra Australian history fact. Uh, now, Patricia Carvelis, I, she, when she was saying that there is race in our constitution, that is section 51, uh, which says uh, that uh, it enables the Commonwealth to make laws for the peace, order and good government of the Commonwealth with respect to, and one of them is uh, the people of any race for whom it is deemed necessary to make special laws. Now, the 1967 referendum, which seems to have been memory hold now, uh, men uh, mentioned uh, the people of any race apart from the Aboriginal race. And part of the reason for the 1967 referendum, uh, which was uh, bipartisan, uh, is so that the federal government could make laws for Aboriginal Australians and also it allowed them to be counted in the official census statistics that carried with 90% of the vote. But obviously, Lydia Thorpe was the most uh, uh, most prominent uh, progressive no uh, campaigner. Uh, she is uh, going to be on Q&A tonight uh, with Patricia Carvelis. Uh, she's still the, the golden girl of the ABC. Uh, 
I wonder if Lydia Thorpe would have voted no in 1967 because she wanted Aborigines to remain separate from Australia. Well, she still doesn't recognise Australia because remember, sovereignty was never ceded. We don't actually, uh, Australia doesn't actually exist. And that's why now, despite uh, the overwhelming no vote, uh, we still had confirmation uh, from our Premier here in Victoria, Jacinta Allen, uh, that she would still negotiate a treaty with the uh, Victorian First People's Assembly, uh, which uh, only those who will have, uh, who are accepted as Aboriginal, uh, no matter how much uh, percentage, as well, there, well, there's no blood test that's allowed to be made. Uh, so only they are allowed to vote and be elected at the taxpayer expense, of course. One way to solve uh, Victoria's budget crisis is to completely sack that First Peoples Assembly and tear up the treaty negotiations. Uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk, uh, the Queensland Premier, uh, she also released a statement as well. I think I've got it here. I'll just bring it up, but uh, now Anastasia Palaszczuk, I should say, while I bring up bring up this statement, is that as she was uh, was a Labor Premier, she voted yes, but she didn't actively campaign because she well <laughs> saw uh, that uh, Queensland was going to be an overwhelmingly no state. Uh, the new Premier of Western Australia, Roger Cook, hardly campaigned either because well he had caused a, well, given the, the no campaign a gift and caused irreparable damage to the Yes campaign with these disastrous uh, Aboriginal cultural heritage laws, which basically gave uh, some uh, anointed Aboriginal uh, the power of veto of what uh, pastoralists and miners could do on their own property if they were going a certain amount of millimetres underground. Uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk, she, she said, the Australian people have spoken and their voice tells me they're not ready, not yet. Is she implying that we're going to be asked again because they didn't like the answer? I respect that. They never get it wrong. Well, clearly she says that uh, they got it wrong for now. What I'm confident, all Australians do agree the need to improve the well-being of First Nations peoples. We are a generous nation. We extend our hearts and hands to all. This wasn't the right way. I acknowledge the strong feedback that won't stop our efforts to bring justice, reconciliation, and material improvement to the lives of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Uh, but she's still going to negotiate a treaty uh, with uh, Queensland Aboriginals and the LNP opposition leader, uh, David Chrisafulli, uh, he's given uh, bipartisanship to it. Now, he voted no, uh, but he didn't campaign for it, even though, well, it would have been to his electoral advantage. The the, ba the metaphorical baseball bats are already out for Anastasia Palaszczuk and Labor uh, for next year's Queensland state election. They've been there for nine years, so I don't know why Chrisafulli went in uh, so limp-wristed. Now, obviously, uh, Warren Mundine, he was a, a powerful uh, no uh, voice, uh, but obviously a, the, the, the most, uh, you would say, prominent and uh, uh, outstanding uh, no campaigner of uh, part Indigenous heritage uh, was Country Liberal Party Senator Jacinta Price. Her National Press Club speech, 
uh, where she uh, dismissed the concept of intergenerational trauma and said that there's only positive ongoing uh, effects uh, from uh, British colonization on First Nations people. Uh, that will go down in history as a turning point uh, when, well, the black armband view of Australian history uh, was, began to be taken off. Now, that was a term coined in the 80s by historian Geoffrey Blaney, who's still alive. I think he's in his late 80s or 90s now. I've got some of my books, some of his books behind me. He's a fantastic uh, historian. Uh, just, they did, and Jacinta Price, she also said that the reason there is lots of uh, crime, uh, dysfunction, violence, uh, sexual abuse in remote Indigenous communities is uh, because, uh, because of traditional Aboriginal culture, not because of anything uh, the, the white man has done. And uh, Jacinta Price also uh, slapped down uh, that uh, the Australian people uh, fell for misinformation or remember Ray Martin saying, if, if you don't know, find out what you don't know. Oh, vote no then if you're a dinosaur or a dickhead. But uh, Jacinta Price, uh, she debunked uh, that, well, <laughs> that misinformation about misinformation and that there, there was a, a detail that you could look up. And it has been a shame that throughout the campaign that we have been accused of misleading this country through disinformation and misinformation when it was a campaign of no information whatsoever. And that we called out where the Australian people were being misled, whether it was the claim that 80% of Indigenous Australians supposedly supported this when we know that they didn't, when it was the claim that this was just a simple advisory body when the words advice, advice or advisory didn't even appear in the question nor the proposed chapter. The Australian people were misled and the Australian people saw this for themselves. And that is why the Australian people decided to vote no to this proposal. Now, on Sunday, uh, the, 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 one of the, the copium strategies of uh, the yes advocates and well putting forward their narrative that uh, trying to put forward their narrative uh, that this is what uh, first nations people wanted uh, the they published the results of uh, the 22 northern territory remote polling teams uh, so they're the ac vans that travel to remote communities and uh, get them to cast their vote. So 21 out of 22 remote mobile teams voted yes. There was there was one that was voted no. Uh, now Jacinta Price, she at the 20, 2019 uh, federal election ran for the seat of Lingiari. And back then she talked about how that uh, the Labor campaign uh, machine uh, were were very proactive in making sure that they could bus Aboriginal people into uh, towns and centres where they could cast a vote for the Labor Party. And so Jacinta Price, uh, when she was asked about this, she uh, said uh, that the... Uh, the AEC, whose uh, performance uh, had left a lot to be uh, desired, they couldn't. They they 
didn't get any polling booths in Melbourne CBD. There was two hour waits at Docklands and Southbank for people to cast a valid vote. The confusion when they said ticks would be accepted, but crosses not. And uh, obviously uh, we had then the snipey AEC Twitter X account as well, but I digress. Uh, now, Jacinta Price, she uh, questioned uh, that uh, the that uh, it was a those Aboriginals in remote communities were allowed to make make up their own minds in secret ballots because uh, she uh, t talked about how campaigners uh, were allowed to come with them and basically push poll them. It was a, what, what's been done in the Northern Territory to get the Aboriginal vote. It, it was an early, it, it set the groundwork for the Democrats' uh, mail-in ballot uh, vote harvesting in uh, the 2020 presidential election, where you basically help the person to fill out their ballot and uh, help them mail it back. I mean, there were reports that uh, dementia patients in nursing homes uh, were manipulated uh, to uh, vote yes. Uh, so I, she, Jacinda Price was asked about, asked about this by none other than Patricia Carvelis of the ABC. And as you'll see in the foot in in the footage I'm about to play, Warren Warren Mundine uh, decided that he'd had enough of Patricia Carvelis as hectoring and uh, off co-PM. agenda, I think going ahead, we probably look, need to look at the way in that which the AEC, the NTEC conduct themselves when it comes to remote polling at elections, at referendums. I think we should take away um, those who come in with their how to votes, the unions that come in and overpower vulnerable Aboriginal people in those communities. There is a lot that goes on in remote communities that the rest of Australia doesn't get to see. If we had cameras in those remote communities at those polling booths, Australia would see what goes on within those communities. There's a lot of manipulation. Um, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm, people are committing suicides in these communities. People are being raped and beaten. And this is the questions you come up with. Where's the about getting results, getting people reducing suicide instead of this nonsense that you people carry on with? It's about time. We had a vote tonight that said Australians want to get things done. Well, stop talking about all this other nonsense and actually start talking about those kids and those... In, who are young as nine and ten who commit suicide in their communities, and those peak kids who get raped and pillaged, and, and people who haven't got jobs, for God's sake. You know, but wake up to yourselves and start asking real questions and, and making governments accountable. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, that was a extremely based a rant there by Warren, uh, but I don't think he should be Prime Minister because he's still quite a centrist when it comes to uh, treaties and he still uh, advocates uh, for local uh, Indigenous uh, tribes to be able to make individual uh, treaties with governments, while Jacinta Price, uh, she is much more in favour of Australia being at one. Uh, remember at a press club speech, she said that 
uh, hopefully uh, very soon. There won't have to be, be a need for an Indigenous Australians minister uh, because Australians are go, are, will be helped on the basis of need, not race. And uh, there is there has been multiple uh, multiple uh, reports in uh, newspapers from uh, liberal liberal party MPs who they think that Jacinta Price is a future prime minister ministerial material because obviously Peter Dutton coming out uh, as the opposition leader coming out so st strongly uh, for, uh, for the the no along with the the liberal uh, front bench and most of the MPs but it was the fact that Jacinta Price part Aboriginal she and her mother Bess Price have lived their whole lives in remote and rural the Northern Territory they've seen the violence and uh, the uh, sexual abuse uh, firsthand uh, they they know uh, what really really needs to happen to, to close the gap and it is certainly not more money or more virtue signaling or more grievance though it was i think it was uh, alex hawk a liberal mp who said that uh, uh jacinta uh, she joined the the wrong party because if she sits with the national party uh, so the national party the highest you can get to is deputy prime minister and uh jacinta price is in the wrong house she's in the the senate the prime minister comes from the house of representatives uh she failed failed in her 2019 campaign to win the seat of Lingiari, though she was up against an incumbent, Warren Snowden, and she saw his uh, campaign machine in action in those uh, remote and rural Indigenous uh, communities. He's now retired, Warren Snowden. She could give it another crack if she was. Uh, and uh, country Liberal Party uh, MPs and senators, they can choose whether to caucus with the Liberal Party or the National Party. Now, yesterday, I decided to write my own analysis of what the Aboriginal voice, voice defeat meant for Australia's future. And obviously, I titled tonight's show, Australia is Back. And this was a, as I said, it was a strong rebuke of Australians, they didn't want uh, the this uh, self-appointed Aboriginal elite and their allies to have this this thing in the constitution, which was fraught with uncertainty. Uh, one of the things that uh, was uh, repeated by many uh, voters that was called misinformation was that, well, we don't know uh, if uh, this will lead to us uh, losing our, our house. But the Yes campaign, they could say that's never going to happen, but they could never, they could, it was, it's still completely unknown legal phenomena. Right? Because as I said, I, the High Court uh, with the Marbo uh, decision that it just made up out of thin air in 1992, uh, which uh, they decided to, six out of the seven justices confer uh, common, uh, English common law legal rights uh, to native title. They voided terra nullis uh, that Australia was no man's land. And the WIC decision, I, just the High Court decided it was a four to three, I, that uh, that uh, native title could uh, coexist uh, with uh, pastoral 
and mining leases, meaning that there could be you could own property, but there could be a native title claim on it. Uh, but the High Court still said, "Oh, if there's a conflict, then uh, the, the then the night." native title claim is is overridden. Now, John Howard was the Prime Minister at the time of the WIC decision at the end of, of 1996. And he the, the reason why he won in a landslide in 1996 is because the Australians were sick of Paul Keating's uh, virtue signalling on the Aboriginal issue, his uh, Redfern uh, speech, uh, his... Uh, uh, embrace of uh, land rights and native title, uh, which, as uh, as we saw further with the the Wick decision, I mean, uh, who knows what the High Court they could have uh, decided something if the voice passed more extreme than the Wick decision. So John Howard won because they believed that well, Paul Keating was out of touch and arrogant. He was uh, schmoozing uh, with these uh, Aboriginal elite who were wanting to erode the rights of of property owners and uh, not looking after the interests of the all Australians uh, who were doing it tough in the rebound from the 1990 recession. Uh, this was John Howard on uh, the ABC 730 report on, I think, 1997, talking about how native title uh, claims uh, were already going out of control and what Labor and the Democrats wanted. Let me just show, show your viewers that this, this shows 78% of the land mass of Australia coloured brown on this map. Now, the Labor Party and the Democrats are effectively saying that the Aboriginal people of Australia should have the potential right of veto over further development of 78% of the land mass of Australia. Uh, now, the 78% uh, figure that uh, John, John Howard uh, quoted uh, didn't come to fruition, in part because of his uh, WIC 10-point plan, which eventually passed the House of Representatives and the Senate, uh, though uh, the, 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 the land claims was basically a land grab, uh, because what happens when uh, vacant land it's mainly vacant land that's claimed by these land councils, land corporations. It's just locked up and the rest of Australia isn't allowed to go in it. That's the same with Arnhem land. You can't even go into a area of your own country without the permission of uh, the well, the, the the people who live there. I mean, I have no say about <laughs> about who comes to to Melbourne or Victoria, let alone who comes into uh, the Australian country. Uh, so Keith Winshuttle's uh, book, The Breakup of Australia. Uh, so uh, the the I'll, I'll have to zoom in on this if I can. There we go here. So the 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 dark green uh, that is native title exist exclusive. Uh, the light green is native title exists non-exclusive. Uh, the brown is native title does not exist. Uh, the orange is native title extinguished, uh, not within determined area, and the blue is the claimant has applications that claimants applications that have complied with the registration test. Uh, so, going further down here, Keith Winshuttle uh, at the moment. Uh, so. Almost 50%, 49.3% of Australian landmass 
is, well, you could basically say it's not under the jurisdiction of the Australian government because a lot of in these uh, these native title areas, it's often tribal law uh, that is uh, enforced, not Australian law. And tribal law is, it's very, very uh, sexist. And uh, obviously it does not have a equality before the law and a, a a fair justice system. Another 13.4% is subject to claimant applications. And this is really what I think uh, needs to be the next step in uh, after this referendum, rolling back uh, this native title. That this land is basically not, not part of Australia anymore. I mean, Australia, all of Australia should should be under uh, Australian law. All Australians should be able to to go there. And also in the the battle over treaties, as I said before, is not over. Victoria and uh, Queensland uh, Labor governments are still going to go ahead, basically ignoring their voters. And South Australian uh, Labor Premier Peter Malinowskis is still going to have uh, the South Australian. Uh, voice uh, to Parliament. So he's just sticking his uh, finger up at his voters as well. So particularly the Labor side uh, still hasn't got the message and the the conservative side of politics, their spine uh, that uh, they they finally found uh, to oppose the the voice, uh, they need to they, they need to keep that in place and oppose all of the proposed treaty negotiations because the, the, you're basically saying that there needs to be a treaty. You're basically saying that Australia doesn't exist. And plus, these are self-appointed. Uh, 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 negotiators uh, and a lot of them are part Aboriginal. Uh, they, how do they know uh, what their descendants on their Aboriginal side uh, uh, were th- were thinking two hundred years ago? They don't have a time machine uh, that they can see and negotiate on uh, people they never met's uh, behalf. And now Anthony Albanese and his uh, Labor cabinet ministers, uh, they. Uh, they are still in denial. Anthony Albanese uh, gave a speech uh, that he clearly did not write, saying that uh, while he accepted the result of the Australian uh, people, he had no regrets because he said, this is what First Nations people asked us to do with the Uluru Statement from the, the heart. And he said, oh, I'd ne- I'd never been prouder when I was in the red dirt at, at Uluru. He still believes that it was only signed by 250 uh, Australian Aboriginals. It gives it this godlike status. And basically what... Uh, what uh, what he 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 was sa- he's saying is that that uh, well I they and what the the Labor government said because remember Anthony Albanese got up on election night and said we embrace the Uluru statement from the heart in full voice truth treaty and so this was all done the Australian people were busy with like their day to day lives uh, the. <laughs> Uh, during uh, 2017, uh, when uh, the, this this 
this uh, Uluru statement uh, was was written, and Anthony Albanese said, "I went I went uh, uh, through uh, this referendum without any compromise, without uh, attempting to get bipartisanship, uh, because uh, this is what First Nations people asked us to do. They wanted the voice. They didn't just want recognition." So basically, Anthony Albanese, he negotiated with one side and then put it to the people and say, oh, I take it, I take it as it is. And when he said it's a very gracious, modest request, he's saying they could have asked for a lot more, like be grateful that they only asked for this voice. And so with all of these treaties, it's basically uh, the current Australian elite negotiating in secret with the Aboriginal elite, and they're all getting paid by the taxpayer. Uh, meanwhile, the Australian people, they weren't consulted at all. Uh, they, it, it was just it was just put to them that, oh, uh, this is what First Nations people uh, want. Uh, so, uh, they, uh, and Noel Pearson, remember the guilt trip, extending the hand of, of friendship. That was the thing. Uh, that oh you should just accept or oh, because uh, they they've compromised but there was never nego any uh, negotiation with the Australian people uh, to work on a model that would be acceptable to them and this is why Australians uh, when uh, they're, they're the ones who are part of the focus groups they said well uh, I don't understand the 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 voice uh, what it's uh, supposed to supposed to do I haven't been given any uh, detail. Uh, I don't want to divide the country along racial lines. And then there was obviously people who are worried about more land grabs. They're also worried about uh, the cost of living crisis. We give all, we already give the Aboriginals uh, $40 million, uh, the federal government does every year, and there's no progress on closing the gap. And what about uh, solving our cost of living? Like, what about focus on all Australians? And obviously there's a lot of distrust about government uh, post COVID because governments abuse that trust that uh, the Australian people uh, full hardly uh, put in them to keep them safe from COVID, uh, which wasn't very dangerous. And so they didn't trust the politicians that this was not, uh, not uh, just a, a modest request that it was only going to be an advisory uh, body. And so Anthony Albanese in question time, he's, he's doubled down and said, oh, I don't regret uh, doing uh, what uh, uh, the uh, Uluru statement and my re referendum working group told me to do. And there was an article in The Age today about how the the yes uh, campaign uh, was was lost and it basically uh mentioned that anthony albanese uh was too uh, well, well he basically gave it gave the referendum working group everything they wanted uh, it quotes that uh, megan davis she basically had a veto uh, over any uh suggestion of compromising uh, to uh get bipartisan uh support and Yes, there is, uh, as during uh, the referendum campaign, there are a lot of Australians asking, what's happened to the money? Uh, Noel Pearson, uh, what did you do with the $550 million for your Cape York uh, partnership? It hasn't closed the gap. Uh, where's all the money gone? And you also uh, should remember that the Labor Party, they uh, support a Australia becoming a republic. That's their official policy. Anthony Albanese appointed a assistant minister on the Republic, Matt Thistlethwaite, 
uh, from Kingford Smith lecture, we did vote yes. Uh, uh, there's no way an Australian Republic is ever going to, to get up because obviously uh, if you vote for the change, like Australia becoming a republic, then there's uncertainty as there would have been with the voice. The The work would only have just begun if the voice had passed where, uh, uh, designing it, uh, legislating it. Uh, so the, it only would have begun there. And of course, more taxpayer, taxpayer expense uh, would have been uh, spent. And Anthony Albanese on referendum night, he also lashed out at the media saying, you all know that the Uluru statement from the heart is, is one page. And now, as I mentioned, I, the, the leftists, uh, they uh, were calling Australia a horrible racist nation. Uh, there, uh, and uh, it was Australia's day of shame. And uh, they quoted these, uh, international headlines like from BBC, CNN, Reuters that Australia votes no to recognising Indigenous Australians. It uh, fails to uh, uh, reconcile its colonial past and oh, it's uh, put back reconciliation, which was never meant to be a, 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 a process with an endpoint. It, it was always meant to go on because grievance is a grift and it's uh, forever because uh, grievance, victimhood, it basically uh, is well, it excuses uh, failure and uh, blames uh, blames poor outcomes on other people. So, and it was good to see that there were a lot of Australians in the replies to those international reports saying that's such a biased, superficial report. I, we we know why we voted no. And I could see a lot of them saying, don't do a report about uh, about a process that uh, you didn't understand. Don't basically interfere in our affairs. Because remember, that was another uh, blackmail that, oh, the, the world won't look look good on us. I think it was Pat Dodson who said, oh, we won't be able to uh, criticise uh, China about its human rights record. Uh, so that was also that, oh, the, the rest of the world will think we're continuing to mistreat our First Nations people. And uh, so I'll now play this this, uh, statement uh, from Isabella Higgins, one of the ABC's many Indigenous reporters who, well, she basically said that radical Indigenous activists uh, should uh, double down and uh, decide to be, well, more angry at uh, uh, white Australia, or as she put it, the, I'm not sure if she said white Australia, but you could basically read between the lines, uh, but she did call the Australian regime. But I think it's also been the conventional wisdom in our communities that when we're talking about reconciliation, we use kind language, we're generous, we extend the hand of friendship, we invite people in to share our culture. And I think if we look at the campaign messaging around The Voice, it was similar to that. So I think this failing, this being rejected so categorically by all Australians, it will change the way Indigenous Australians want to interact with the rest of the country. It will change whether kindness is the best approach. I think Often in the community, it is well understood that black anger is not tolerated. And so we see leaders 
pull in their rage, pull in their sadness and constantly use language of generosity, use graciousness to try and appeal to the Australian people. And after this, I think there will be a generation of leaders who have been burnt by this and who won't be interested in doing that anymore. I would not be surprised if more people push towards that message that comes from Lydia Thorpe about not engaging so much with mainstream Australia, not bowing to them, um, challenging the Australian regime. And of course there will be anger. I think even if you weren't a card-carrying yes voter in the Indigenous community, to see the vote, to see Australians reject this so categorically, that's really hard to feel, to experience. The whole debate was very uncomfortable. It felt like at times the worth of an Indigenous life was being debated. So I think the message from people like Lydia Thorpe, the message around black sovereignty will appeal more after yeah, this. Uh, so she used the word mainstream Australia, uh, which is basically uh, the, the main, uh, she didn't say uh, specifically white Australia, but I don't well, who who is she defining as as mainstream Australia? That's what I'd like to know. Uh, now there was uh, this uh, statement put out on on referendum night uh, uh, by uh, people uh, people who call themselves the Indigenous Australians who supported the voice referendum uh so uh they are observing a week of silence and uh and we'll be lowering our aboriginal and torres strait islander flags to half mast for the week of silence to acknowledge this result we ask others to do the same uh, now isabella higgins she is completely wrong uh, to say that this was a vote on the value of indigenous australians that is absolute crap it was a vote on well <laughs> giving a group of Australians extra rights. I mean, they have the same rights on, well, uh, the lands that are governed by Australian law as every other Australian. And uh, she mentioned uh, Lydia Thorpe, who was a progressive no. Uh, she was obviously satisfied with the no result. And according to her, it's now time to call in the, the United Nations to uh, sort out uh, Australia and, uh, and uh, help out the black sovereign movement. Uh, the Prime Minister has an opportunity to implement the Royal Commission into Aboriginal deaths in custody, the Bringing Them Home report, and he, they could even pass the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, which I'll be putting to the Parliament floor in December. So we've still got uh, okay. work to do, and we need those 7 million people to tell this government to uh, implement those recommendations that'll save our lives today. Uh, so should the British Parliament and the German Parliament, should they pass this declaration on the rights of Indigenous people? Because uh, they're Indigenous people in the, the British Isles and uh, the country of Germany are being trampled on uh, by foreign invaders. Or uh, to, uh, can, can white countries never be invaded? Uh, now, another thing that Isabella Higgins said that, oh, black anger isn't tolerated. There's all, it's, it's always been about kindness and extending the arm of friendship. Well, that's not what a lot of us seen. Remember this uh, angry Aboriginal lady who gave uh, this uh, expletive-ridden spray outside the Labor Party National uh, Conference uh, a couple of months ago. I'm a Jagger and matriarchal woman. How fucking dare you come here with your politics? You get the fuck out of our nation and let us traditional owners deal with our shit. These are all handsomely funded. 
privileges. We got parking over in that fucking park that my grandfather sanctioned. You get fucked. You want to listen, can't you come closer? Where's my bundy? Get my fucking bundy. He's all to be ashamed of your fucking selves. All he is, he's totally disrespect us traditional owners. Look with your fucking handsomely funded foundations and trust funds. Where's the black fellas here? Put your fucking hands up. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, uncle. Get my fucking bundy. talk politics, you come and sit at my fucking table. When are you going to sit at our fucking tables? Hey? You like to fund them? You're funding the wrong mob. Fucking pathetic is making me sick. She's a charmer and charming at the end, just dumping the mic on the ground. So the, the interference runs there and the, 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 the leftist uh, white zombies just clap her. Now, I didn't know that uh, fucking and cunts were uh, traditional Aboriginal words. Maybe it's a part of Aboriginal English. Uh, those fucking cunt no voters... Uh, uh, gave us a terrible, strong, proper one. I think that's how it might be in Aboriginal English. I don't know. Now, I've spent over an hour on the voice. Uh, there's a, there's a, a few uh, other, other things uh, that uh, to, to wrap this, uh, wrap this conversation up. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure if you saw the, the headline uh, that uh, the uh, Australian cricketers, they'll be offered uh, counselling uh, by uh, Cricket Australia uh, after uh, the no vote. Uh, so I don't know, are they going to put their bats out for uh, the voice? Uh, because Cricket Australia, like all the other major sporting codes, uh, supported the Yes vote. So the Australian Cricketers Association has written to past and present players, let them know counselling services are available if they experience any issues as a result of the expected no vote. Uh, so uh, they've had a terrible uh, 2020 uh, World Cup in India. They, they can't bowl, can't uh, bat. I think they should focus more on getting counselling for their poor cricket of recent times rather than uh, for 
for The Voice, uh, which, well, they, just because uh, they are sports stars doesn't mean their votes stand for more or uh, they're able to convince anyone. Uh, All the sports stars, celebrities, uh, comedians, uh, they're not coping very well. Somebody mentioned Alza Fisher, uh, Shasta Barron's Cohen's wife, who is uh, going off her brain on her Instagram about the, the no vote. And obviously, uh, we have, where am I at here? Uh, I'll go now briefly uh, to the update on the New Zealand New Zealand vote. Uh, so uh, there's still special votes to be counted, but it does look like uh, that uh, the National Party, the main centre-right party and the Libertarian Act Party, they will just scrape over the line 61 out of 121 for a bare majority. So they won't have to have uh, Winston Peters, uh, won't have to rely on his New Zealand First Party and their eight seats. Uh, Winston Peters, as I said on uh, the Trad Tasman Talk coverage, you can't trust him. Uh, he has gone with the three out of the three uh, coalition governments uh, that he is he's back since the introduction of their mixed member proportional representation system he's chosen labor twice at the next election he's always uh, voted out but he comes back the next election telling uh new zealand uh voters uh, what they wanted to hear so his main campaign pitch was against co-governance and also uh curtailing the trans agenda so he's back in parliament he's 78 years old uh, though he's still sharp as attack compared to uh, Joe Biden, the racist Maori party, they won four of the seven Maori electorates. They remember they have these racist seats, so they already have Maori people have extra votes, which when I interviewed Julian Batchelor from Stop Pro-Governance, he said that these Maori seats, they're not part of the Treaty of Waitangi. They can be abolished and uh, they should be uh, because all uh, New Zealanders, uh, they should be equal. Chris Luxon, uh, the designate prime minister, uh, he uh, only wants to roll back co-governance in health and education, still wants to keep it for uh, resources. And like in Australia, all of these uh, these uh, ro- uh, royalties that are paid to uh, these uh, Indigenous uh, corporations, uh, there's a lot of uh, corruption of the royalties. Uh, the the wealth is not spread around uh, like like they're supposed to be in a de facto communist uh, jurisdiction. Uh, so Chris Luxon, uh, it looks like uh, even though he's going to be in coalition with the Libertarian Party, it seems like he's not going to to roll back uh, all of the uh, the left wing policies. That then this is the thing about left wing governments, Labor parties in all throughout the the, the Anglo sphere. When they get into the government, they uh, put their uh, ideas, policies into practice, and uh, make sure that they're entrenched and when the conservative party get into power they hardly repeal any of it and that certainly needs to uh change obviously uh albanese he could he, he couldn't change the constitution without uh, putting it to a public vote and this is the mistake that the labor party in australia always believes when they win a federal 
election, whether it be Goff in 72, Rudd in 07. They think that this will usher in a new progressive, a progressive social change era for Australia. And they also thought the Yes campaign, they thought they could uh, that achieving social change was easy after the uh, same-sex marriage postal survey, which passed with, it, ha- it wasn't compulsory, 79% uh, of uh, Australians participated. It was 61.6% yes, and 38, uh, 38.4% no. And obviously, uh, it was still the the parliament, the the part, it, it, wasn't going to be inserted into the constitution. It was a legislative change and there was a bill ready to go. That was the Smith mill. I know that uh, a lot of people in uh, this chat uh, would have been no to same sex marriage, uh, but it was a much more straightforward proposition for Australians to, to understand. And obviously they knew uh, more gay people than they did uh, Aboriginal people. And there was more, I'm just comparing the two roughly. And there was also more unity within the LGBT community that they wanted this, where there was more division in uh, the Aboriginal uh, community. And there was also, obviously, uh, this was about the voice giving extra rights, where obviously with the same-sex marriage vote, again, uh, a lot of you will disagree, but uh, the message of the yes for same-sex marriage was about equality. So same-sex couples can have weddings. Everyone knows what a wedding is and what's entailed with that. Now, uh, let's go uh, to uh, the National Socialist Network's uh, latest uh, publicity uh, stunt, uh, which uh, they really ratcheted up even to a high level. This was on Saturday morning at 2 a.m., so after Friday night. Uh, they uh, were filmed by a passerby at uh, Flinders Street Station, who then uh, followed them onto a train, and uh, they unfurled a, a banner at Flinders Street Station, which read "Expose a Jewish Power." I'll play first. I'll play the the footage that the the Daily Mail put on their website, and then we'll have a look at how, well, Channel Seven in particular uh, reported on it.
guys were wearing masks on that occasion normally uh there's a, a number of them uh, uh including the the ones who who have been uh, doxxed by antifa uh they're certainly not deterred when they're doxxed by antifa they just take their masks off because well i've got nothing to to lose now but they all had masks on there uh, though i'm sure that uh cass ross i was uh is already studying uh, the various uh, physiques of uh, of the NSN members who are in that video and maybe doing voice recognition. You can certainly uh, hear Thomas Sewell's voice there. Uh, now, Victoria Police, uh, as you can see, uh, they uh, accompanied them on the train and uh, uh, the next day there was outrage that, well, they were given a chaperone and uh, uh, they weren't arrested on the spot. Uh, this was uh, the Seven News report that aired on Saturday evening. Police have watched on as neo-Nazis staged a march through Melbourne CBD terrorising commuters. The group was filmed performing Nazi salutes as they boarded a train, asking commuters if they were Jewish. Hidden under masks, the group gathered around 1.30am first at State Parliament, then at Flinders Street Station with a banner reading Expose Jewish Power. Before doing the Nazi salute on an escalator heading to a Werribee line train. Victoria is the neo-Nazi capital of the country and when I saw those images my heart was ripped out. One report said the white supremacists handed out cards for the National Socialist Network and confronted one commuter who had a blue and white handkerchief, asking if he was Jewish. They simply cannot be allowed to roam public transport freely and target individuals just because of their race or their background. The intimidating group of around two dozen also sang a white Australia anthem. Australia. Police following them the whole way. They should have arrested them. Uh, if this is an incitement, I don't know what is. It seems to me as though we're, we're chaperoning these, these thugs. We're not stopping them. I was heartbroken that Victoria Police did not arrest or stop to this ugliness, to this outrage, to this despicable evil. Police say there was not a breach of the peace, no reported incidents and no offences detected. It was just a few hours after a peaceful rally at Caulfield Park to support Israel. The Nazi salute is not yet illegal in Victoria. The proposal to outlaw it is still before Parliament. The maximum penalties set to be a fine of more than $23,000 or 12 months jail or both. It's unthinkable, it's unimaginable, it's not Victorian. Paul Dowsley, 7 News.
And now Paul Dowsley, he's probably the least worst reporter at Channel 7. And uh, the politician that you saw there was Deputy uh, Liberal Leader David Southwick. And it was actually him uh, back at the beginning of 2020 that floated uh, the swastika ban. He's the member for Caulfield. I think he identifies as as part uh, Jewish. Obviously, Caulfield is uh, is where a lot of Melbourne's Jewish community lives. And now the... so. He championed the swastika ban, and obviously uh, Devere, uh, he was uh, Abramovich, who you saw there, where he said he felt as if he'd ha- his heart had been ripped out. Uh, shouldn't, after we saw last week, where well, literally uh, the, the hearts were, were shot of uh, Israelis at uh, that music festival, like actually shot, like that's actually violence, yet he's still talk- talking about metaphorical violence and now i think the nazi uh, nazi salute the legislation to ban it uh, is before the upper house so this was basically one last hurrah uh, by uh, by the national socialist network to do a nazi salute in public uh, before before the ban comes into effect and uh, nathan bull uh, who is one of uh, the uh, the normally unmasked NSN members uh, decided to mock Devere the next day. I is with his quote: "Melbourne has become, oh sorry, Melbourne has become the neo-Nazi capital of the country, and what they're trying to do is declare war on the migrant community." And so Nathan Bull on a train with lots of migrants there, doing the Nazi salute. I he. I, he was, he's previously uh, done a stunt uh, with Michael Nelson Mickle where they went to an Iranian uh, Iranian uh, women's rights protest in the CBD. Mickle was, was live just before with uh, White Australia First. I think it's fair to assume that Mickle uh, was there on Friday night. Now, Keeping, uh, keeping. I mentioned Cass Ross before uh, that uh, uh, she's probably studying uh, the uh, physiques of the the NSN members uh, because it's due to well, basically uh, her having no life uh, because her day job is actually Asian studies researcher at the University of of Tasmania. She does this in her spare time, which basically she watches everything that we do. Uh, she's probably watching this uh, this as well. Uh, so uh, she uh, uh, she she was quoted in an ABC Investigations piece by Kevin Ewan and Pat McGrath, notorious neo-Nazis, likely architects of menacing video directed at Lydia Thorpe. And so it uh, it goes down goes down here, and uh, well, they they studied the the meta uh, data uh, because uh, the the file name of the Telegram upload was Horp New Vid Jimbo uh, Triple D, and uh, mentions that Jimbo is a nickname of Jamal and Roberts. He also has other nicknames such as the Vanilla Gorilla, the Aryan uh, Barbarian, and Caucasian uh, Catch. And so uh, it quotes Casros uh, 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 down here. Uh, she, she says uh, that I have zero doubts in my mind in my mind that it was uh, Jim Roberts and Stefano Seraculus 
Australian Meditations video. Dr. Ross has spent hours watching and listening to Roberts and Ereculus talk this year as part of her research, but what, which is in her spare time. Like she has no bloody life. No one in the NSN movement but Roberts has a has that physique. He has a certain way of pronouncing words which are very incosyneratic. And remember that uh, the voice of the masked man in that uh, video by the loyalists of the warriors of the convict uh, resistance uh, uh, was uh, was masked. Well, well, was uh, distorted uh, the voice. And uh, now uh, Jimbo. Uh, he addressed this on his uh, his uh, Telegram channel, uh, which I'll I'll bring up here. Not sure if you can you can read it. Uh, so this is his second channel. It's called Jimbo Two uh, Hyper Boren Bogaloo. Uh, so <laughs> Jimbo says, making me look good in it, no matter how they spin it. Shout out to Cass Ross for weighing in on this pun intended. Yeah, entirely intended and there's two uh known photos of her and four she's like she's she's looks as fat as magda shabansky i mean if she's spending all of time watching uh uh jim and medi uh, videos then she could have gotten larger there and so she says i can't i'm oh, sorry and then jimbo says i should say i can't imagine it's easy to pry yourself away from your extensive study of my physique in between fudge pops of course. Now, we had uh, Lydia Thorpe uh, today. Uh, she's uh, she, uh, she interchanges with uh, with her uh, solidarity with uh, oppressed uh, people. Uh, so uh, this uh, was uh, her in the federal parliament today. Have I got it here? I've got so many, so many different, different things that I need to, need to upload. Oh yeah, here I got it here. So Lydia Thorpe uh, turned up uh, to the federal Senate uh, today in a what's uh, called a a black and white uh, kefir, uh, which is is was worn by. A lot of uh, the pro-Palestinian protesters in the rallies in Melbourne and Sydney on the on the weekend. Uh, so it's now it's basically seen as a symbol of showing solidarity with the Palestinians. And uh, now the New South Wales Police and Government uh, they backed away uh, from their threat to uh, shut down uh, Sunday's rally. Uh, because they didn't have a permit, but then they decided that they couldn't stop uh, thousands of people uh, gathering in uh, Hyde Park, a central uh, location. Uh, obviously, they could stop people in New South Wales police uh, gathering and protesting uh, during during COVID, uh, but not on this occasion. I mean, the, the New South Wales police are taking on a mob of thousands of, of Muslims. I mean, that's why they stood back at the Sydney Opera House on, on Monday night, even while uh, Gas the Jews uh, was being chanted because the, well, uh, the police, well, they, they, part of their job description is to uh, keep the peace. And uh, certainly there was actually, there was no physical violence at the Sydney Opera House uh, protest. There was just that, well, it can't be argued that saying gas to Jews is free speech. I mean, it is incitement, uh, but uh, 
according to the the nine news uh, coverage uh, the uh, Sydney and Melbourne pro-Palestinian rallies uh, were largely uh, peaceful there were 6,000 in Sydney and there were 10,000 in Melbourne uh, so uh, the New South Wales police ended not using uh, the extraordinary powers that they could use to uh, search uh, people uh, attending that rally uh, in uh, there was a in Sydney there was a there was a, a man that uh, Chris Coveries interviewed who uh, talked about uh, uh, genociding uh, the Jews that goes for about five minutes so I'm not going to play it and Chris Coveries always gets shitty with people uh, playing his footage uh, without attribution he's kind of a is is kind of quite uh, anal about that sort of thing. I don't really have a relationship with him. He's quite he is quite the peculiar libertarian. Uh, but uh, down in Melbourne, uh, this was a a man uh, shouting. Uh, so uh, he wasn't uh, removed or or anything now the australian jewish association uh, was uh, was uh, posting videos of this that's led by uh, david adler and was calling for those who uh, were chanting uh pro uh, hamas uh, and uh anti or uh destruction to israel uh chance should have been arrested uh there was one volatile moment at uh, the the melbourne protest when a flare was lit because victoria police they 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 hate flares and so they barged their way in so uh, uh one of the the protesters threw a water bottle at the the police so yeah victoria police they 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 step in if there's a flare that's 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 absolutely uh beyond the the, the pale maybe they just could have said no no it's a smoking it's a smoking ceremony flare it's a traditional aboriginal uh flare now uh, there has been uh pro-palestine rallies uh across uh, the uh the western world and it ha <laughs> now the initial reaction to the Hamas uh, terror attacks in southern Israel was uh, from uh, Western governments that they they stood uh, with uh, Israel. Uh, Emmanuel Macron uh, tried uh, to ban uh, pro-Palestinian rallies, uh, but when you've imported for decades and decades uh, Muslims from northern Africa, well, <laughs> you're going to be overpowered, and uh, that's what happened. Uh, despite uh, the French police using all their counter riot tactics, I, the police in uh, Berlin I, they uh, banned a pro-Palestinian rally. Yet people uh, still turned up. I mean, uh, they. One thing you have to say about uh, the uh, the the Muslims, Muslim Arabs as a whole, uh, they have got more uh, collective will uh, to. Uh, confront uh, confront Western governments than a lot of uh, the uh, the native uh, citizens did during the the COVID lockdowns there, and also uh, in France uh, there was a, another uh, stabbing 
of a a teacher if i just uh just go to the the story i've got so many so many things open anyway there was a teacher stabbed to death in france who was uh, which was deemed a a terrorist attack uh, so obviously uh, this is not new to France. There are always these lone wolves. A lot of them shout Alu Akbar, uh, which uh, remember according to the Obama administration is workplace violence. I've gone over an hour and a half, but there's just so much news to cover. Uh, so I'm probably going to go a full uh, two hours. And uh, now over in uh, the US, a, a, a number of Harvard uh, University uh, student bodies, uh, they are facing a uh, backlash uh, for signing a letter condemning uh, Israel. And so <laughs> there is now calls uh, for the names of those individuals who signed that, uh, that uh, letter uh, condemning Israel in the aftermath of the, of the attacks uh, to be basically blacklisted if they uh, try to apply for a job in Wall Street. Let me just find this article. Ah, uh, yes, here it is here from, from Breitbart. Uh, so uh, billionaire Bill Aiken calls on Harvard to release names of students supporting terrorism against Israel. And uh, so he's called, uh, he said that, so employers don't inadvertently hire uh, pro-terrorist uh, uh, graduates in the future. I'll just go back to Australian uh, news at the moment. There was also a, there was a, the arrest of, uh, arrest of uh, three uh, men, uh, aged 30, 31 and 40, who performed a Nazi salute uh, outside the Sydney Holocaust Museum. Uh, we don't know if they were maybe Arab Muslims or uh, white neo-Nazis. And uh, so they all uh, were in the same van. And uh, they, basically there was a police sweep of the area in case under there they, they thought there was a terrorist attack going to be planned uh, from that van. And there was also a, a man in, uh, a Muslim man in Bellevue Hill who's been charged with intimidation and banned uh, from the eastern suburbs of of, of Sydney, uh, for what he said to uh, to uh, to uh, Jewish men displaying the Israeli flag. What about you, and also, uh, there are calls uh, by uh, Devere Abramovich uh, for the AFL uh, to stand with Israel and condemn the Hamas attack, uh, since they uh, make a they 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 make a statement on every other uh, recent uh, re recent uh, terror attack, including uh, Bretton Tarrant in uh, Christchurch, and remember they also stood uh, with the the BLM uh writers and remember they all took a knee in uh 2020 i think the afl after well uh a lot of footy fans would have been in would have voted no majority of victorians did uh, they should stick to their knitting corporate australia should stay out of politics and well they shouldn't uh, fire uh, disciplined people uh, for having political beliefs on their own they should just be focused on uh, customer service 
looking after their employees and also making a profit so they can continue as well. But back to US news. Uh, so uh, we had a, there was a anti, uh, anti-Muslim hate, hate murder. A 71-year-old landlord uh, killed a six-year-old boy and wounded his mother because of their Muslim faith, faith in response to the war between Israel and Hamas. So Joseph M. Kuzba, 71, uh, she looks like a real, uh, real he's, he's on death, death's door, looks like basically a, a skeleton himself. That is absolutely horrific. Uh, it's bad enough, uh, all the death that has been in Israel, Palestine and the Middle East, none more needs to be brought over uh, to uh, the West. Now, obviously, it's not surprising uh, that uh, Ben Shapiro, the co-founder of the uh, Daily Wire, uh, has been outspoken uh, with uh, the US needs to support Israel in its war in Hamas. And uh, he shared on his uh, Twitter. I've got so many, so many things here. Just bear, just bear with me and a sign that it's such a, such an epic, epic show. I've got uh, I've got all of these things, but I'll play because uh, remember when Ben Shapiro, when he was attacked by the Groypers, that he wanted the U.S. to fight for Israel. I he, he this is what he said back then in defense of himself, and this is what he said last week. They say that I want America to fight wars for Israel. Nope, nope. First of all, Israel can take care of herself. If Israel is forced to the wall, the possibility of nuclear exchange is extremely high. That is why it is very important that the United States provide the material aid to Israel. Now, Anthony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State, uh, was in Israel uh, with the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, and he said that Israel it, uh, can it can defend itself, but we still want to give it all of our uh, military equipment paid by the the U.S. taxpayers. Now. Ben Shapiro, he shared uh, the purported photo of uh, a dead, a, a charcoal burned dead Jewish baby. Now, uh, many people claimed uh, that it, that this was an AI generated image, though that was disputed because it's claimed that a lot of legitimate photos, if you put it through an AI generator because it uh, picks up pixels, it can basically claim that most photos are AI generated. But it does seem to be not true that Hamas beheaded 40 babies. There certainly have been babies killed by Hamas. Uh, this was another uh, image that was uh, released by Israel of a bloody child's bed. The thing is, sympathy is already on uh, the Israeli uh, government's side. So why do you need to, uh, to well, relay, it was basically hearsay by one Israeli soldier, the IDF couldn't verify it. Like, why do you need to be caught in an untruth, which discredits other thing, other, other uh, claims of atrocities by Hamas that you're making? Why, why, it, why not admit that that was actually not correct, but just point to all the other uh, dead Israelis that Hamas has killed. 
Now, Alex Jones, uh, now he's been a, a solid stander uh, with Israel, uh, though given that uh, the neocons, they, well, they still, <laughs> Joe Biden still wants to fund Ukraine and Israel, and obviously the neocons think uh, that the, the, the US uh, can continue to be the world's policemen and should get involved in every single war. Uh, Nikki Haley and uh, Lindsey Graham are the two biggest uh, neocon warmongers in uh, the uh, the the uh, U.S. Uh, Congress, both at the Republican Party. And uh, so this is what Alex Jones. Well, he he he's had enough of all of these. Uh, well, uh, these. Uh, as you'll see here, uh, these uh, demands are placed upon, well, his people, the U.S. people, uh, when it comes to Israel and the Middle East. Why, why, why do conservatives who've done nothing to Israel deserve to be persecuted and attacked like Hitler did in the beginning? Deplatforming, putting us in ghettos, lying about us, demonizing us. We can't take the news saying white people are terrorists and Christians are bad people. And you're like, well, we're not doing that. The point is, if you speak out against it, people will listen. My grandfather stood up for the Jews, on both of them almost out of the Army Air Corps. And I don't claim you owe me some debt, but at the same time, I don't owe you anything. And I am tired of being attacked. And the white supremacists make a joke, oh, Jones pleads to his masters. I have been a friend to Israel. I have been nice. But it's time for Jews, particularly, to choose a side. Are you with the West? Are you with right to self-defense? Are you against communism? Or do you embrace those tenets? And if you embrace communism and disarmament and enslavement, then go, then get killed. I'm not the one killing you. Go kill yourself. Take your children with you. I'm sorry you're gonna get them killed too. I'm not saying I want your kids killed, but your bizarre behavior is causing this. Let us control our countries and stop them coming here. Don't have the ADL attack me. Don't you point your finger at me trying to survive and live and say I'm the bad person. I reject that. And I'm sick of you. Opening our damn borders up to bring all these people in and brainwash them against us because I'm white. I'm not a person that's in identity politics, but you've made it that way. Everywhere it's bad because I'm white. Everywhere it's bad because I'm Christian. Everywhere I don't deserve to have a job because of what color I am. Everywhere I'm a bad person. No. You're your own worst enemy, not me. I don't want to kill you. I don't want to hurt you. I wish you prosperity. And this is what uh, a lot of particularly the, the white nationalists have pointed out, that uh, uh, Jews in Western countries, they've supported mass immigration and open borders. They believe that for Western nations, diversity is a strength. But they're discovering this week uh, with, with all of these uh, Muslim enclaves that have that have uh, uh, grown in major Western cities such as New York, uh, Toronto, uh, Berlin. In fact, uh, in Berlin, uh, there are uh, uh, Jewish homes are being uh, targeted again uh, with the with the Star of David at the front. And so, uh, this is. Will they realize what they've done, that they've imported their Middle Eastern enemy en masse, and they might have uh, the ear of uh, President Emmanuel Macron, 
and uh, and uh, Rishi uh, Sunak, uh, but they, despite the fact that uh, they're trying to deter uh, the Muslim Arabs uh, who are now uh, now in their country from protesting, there's so many of them now, and they all get a vote. Uh, it and it has uh, they've repped what they what they sowed. I mean. Jews in Western nations now, they should not support mass immigration anymore because don't you realize now they've actually imported your enemy? <laughs> because they're actually uh, Jewish Australians who are fleeing the violence in Israel who now don't feel safe coming back home. Uh, so, but I obviously, it's we should not fight a war for Israel. Uh, we should uh, not. Uh, uh, not fight a war on behalf of any country, only uh, support the defense of our own country. The neocon uh, blackmail, it's the same as the war on terror. Uh, you're either a stand with Israel or with the terrorism. And uh, the intellectual uh, dark web uh, types, uh, they, well, uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, supporting uh, Israel uh, to the hilt, uh, they absolutely uh, trash uh, their belief in free speech. Uh, so I'm not sure if you saw uh, the 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 post by uh, the, the the tweet comparison uh, by uh, Dave Rubin uh, this week. As you can see, this is an epic epic show. So uh, Dave Rubin said. In 2022, peaceful protests now legal in Canada. Wonder what happens in a society which doesn't let citizens congregate and air their grievances freely. Any ideas? And when France banned pro-Palestinian protests, he says maybe the West has a chance. There was obviously a then a Jordan Peterson. Uh, he uh, he because we still currently we have uh, the the IDF mobilized at the Gaza border it sort of reminds me of the russian build up before the invasion of ukraine the mobilization builds up and then they go in he said give them hell netanyahu enough is enough and and also uh, Claire Lehman, uh, who is the editor of Colette, uh, that uh, elitist uh, intellectual dark web publication. These pe people like Claire Lehman, Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson, they claim, you know, we're revolting against the elites. They, they're just fighting with other elites. Claire Lehman tweeted about the London uh, protests against Israel. Immigrants rallying for blood and soil ethno-nationalism. Do not, do, uh, do they not get the contradiction? Do you not get the contradiction, Claire? I mean, you're standing with a blood and soil ethno-nationalist state in Israel. Uh, the Jews, they have created a Jewish state because they believe that uh, they're God's chosen people and that Israel and Jerusalem belongs to them. <laughs> you're not aware of your own contradiction there, uh, Claire Lehman. Yeah, so you should never trust these uh, intellectual uh, dark web types. And now, obviously, uh, the uh, there there has been initial uh, one uh, initial reaction in Western nations, one hundred percent stand with Israel. But a lot of now uh, with the impending invasion of Gaza, and the fact that Hamas use uh, Palestinians and children as as human shields, and the fact that Israel has cut off the the water and uh, the electricity and and food uh, to Gaza, 
I, there is now concern that Israel will go too far. There will be a huge loss of life, humanitarian uh, disaster. And so I, this is what uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, said in her uh, in, in one of her social media messages. Uh, so this was her take on, she's part of Democratic Socialists of America. Uh, this is what she said about uh, the impending Israel-Hamas war. It states, our responsibility is to the stability and the security of the region. That means being able to support, uh, not support, yes, Israel in its defensive capacities, right, in its ability in, in, in that context. But it also means that the United States has a responsibility to ensure accountability to human rights, to prevent the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, and to ensure that horrors do not happen in the names of victims who do not want their tragedy mm. used to justify further violence and injustice. Right. Beautifully said. Was that a fart at the end of <laughs> AOC's statement there? Let's put, let, let's put uh, her camera under infrared uh, thermal measurement to see if it was a fart from her. Let's just, let, let's just play the fart again. In the names of victims who do not want their tragedy used to justify yes that does does sound like a look like the fart came from her now there was a community note about this i uh, that footage recorded using visible light frequencies can never reveal infrared using purely software procedures that the information doesn't exist to begin with infrared footage can only be recorded from cameras recording infrared uh, to begin with uh, but it definitely, that sounds distinctively like a fart. Remember AOC under her Green New Deal, uh, cow farts uh, would be taxed. She's just uh, let, let out a huge gas emission there. Uh, so I think she should have to pay a tax uh, for that there. And she is not the, the first <laughs> Democrat uh, to let rip. Uh, the first uh, was uh, Eric uh, Swalwell. Uh, back in uh, 2019, uh, when he was on Hardball uh, with Chris Man Matthews, this was the original uh, Fartgate uh, back back then. The evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. And the complaint that I've heard from yeah, that sounds like a fart though. MSNBC uh, ran cover. <laughs> for him and said it was actually a person in the msnbc studio dragging a mug across the table though you can clearly see if you slow down that footage and i won't because we're running out of time you can clearly see him pause for a split second his movement and his voice and the fart comes out now i have never let out an on-air fart not that i know of uh though i'm happy to be uh, corrected I mean, I, I'm all under control down there. Uh, but uh, let's hear uh, from Eric Swalwell about uh, his take on AOC, AOC's fart, Fartgate 2.0. After reviewing the original AOC fart video, I've concluded that it is authentic. Look, we all know I'm the most reliable expert on this matter. And my word is as good as fact. She farted on video. And it wasn't even live video. 
She could have edited it out, but she treated it like a silent but deadly and acted like nothing happened. Yes, she farted. And she still hasn't addressed this. Now, I should also say uh, that that is an AI-generated video of Eric uh, Swalwell, but it certainly wasn't an AI-generated image uh, of him uh, with that Chinese spy that worked for him uh, a decade ago. That was not AI-generated. That Chinese spy actually worked for him. Now, over in the, the UK, there was obviously a huge uh, pro-Palestine rally in London. They weren't, uh, they, they weren't uh, deterred by Home Secretary Suala Braverman saying waving a, a Palestinian flag may be a criminal offence. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't believe uh, Suala Braverman when she says she's going to crack down on anything. And she said in the aftermath of, of of uh, the the pro uh, Palestine rally in 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 London. Uh, so I've still got all of these. I hope to be done uh, very shortly. Uh, so she said, "Thank you to police officers who worked so hard in difficult circumstances to manage tens of thousands of protesters. Numerous risks were made out of result of pockets of disorder, violence, and hate. To all those who saw fit to promote genocide, glorify terrorism, mock the murder of Jewish people, including women and babies, the police are coming for you." That sounds like another empty threat from Suella Braverman. Uh, I think the those uh, protesting in London know that yeah, well, she's never going to stop the boats. She's never going to send illegals to Rwanda, and uh, I don't know. Uh, when it comes to uh, standing uh, with Israel, uh, the, the 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 government officials they they are prepared to take. But obviously, we saw in Sydney, uh, given that uh, there was uh, such a a huge uh, Muslim community that wanted to protest, and obviously, and and this is the thing that uh, the Labor Party, the reason why Chris means backflip, saying we respect the right to protest, is because. Uh, they want the votes of Muslims in Western Sydney. Uh, so Keir Starmer, uh, he wants uh, the votes of uh, Muslims in the general election next year. So does Sadiq Khan, who's Muslim uh, himself. Uh, though uh, there was a, a bomb that was thrown on Sir Keir Starmer, uh, the op Labour opposition leader at the Labour Party conference. It was a glitter bomb. True democracy is citizen-led. Politics needs an update. We demand a people's house. We demand a people's house. We are in crisis. We are in crisis. Our whole future A shocking security breach there. Now, I think he was trying to make a, a statement with his glitter bomb uh, that uh, the House of Lords should become a people's house like the Senate is in Australia, not have the the uh, the Lords uh, peerage anymore, where uh, government uh, ministers uh, basically get uh, will basically get pensioned off to be be in the the House of Lords. And uh, now uh, the UK media, obviously, they've been covering uh, the uh, the events in. Israel and uh, Sky News UK. Uh, they brought us breaking news earlier this week uh, from uh, Jerusalem. Breaking news and the presenter Holly Willoughby has told ITV that she will not return to host this morning. Yes, live news from Jerusalem. Uh, Holly Willoughby, she has resigned from 
uh, this morning uh, using, I think, the cover of that uh, <laughs> of that uh, kidnap and murder plot by uh, that super duper fatso Gavin uh, Plump, uh, who was actually on a BBC documentary many years back, how explaining how he couldn't leave his house because he was too fat. I physically just can't walk to my front door and back again without being in a lot of pain. This is the man who was arrested for trying to kidnap and murder Holly Willoughby. Gavin Plum is an ex-Pizza Hut worker who quit his job because of his weight. He once starred in a BBC feature on weight loss where he claimed he only ever left his flat to go to the communal bins. Holly Willoughby pulled out of this morning at the last minute on Thursday. Yes. yes, so he, he quit his job at Pizza Hut. Did he eat all the pizzas? As I said last week, was he planning to uh, kidnap uh, Holly Willoughby uh, to eat her? Holly Willoughby is obviously the name that uh, that uh, Katie Hopkins gives uh, Holly Willoughby. Uh, now, uh, Holly Willoughby, she well, she she'd already gone into police hiding protection uh, from uh, this uh, fat. A stalker, and so she put out a statement. I uh, uh, well, her publicist would have I uh, uh, explaining her departure from this morning. Uh, but there actually is a video message uh, of Holly Willoughby uh, talking about leaving this morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Dermot O'Dreary here. Holly wants to have a word with you. Over to you, Holly. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It has come with the deepest regret that after years of boring the absolute shit out of you, I have decided to quit. I'm going to use the fact of that fat fucker that was planning on murdering me as an excuse. But the truth is, ever since that silver-haired wanker was exposed for finger-blasting the runner's shithole, I have received nothing but negativity. I've read all the comments on Face Replace to take my boring ass off the telly, so I'll help you out by quitting. You will no longer have to tolerate me plastered all over your TV each morning. Thanks, and hopefully you won't have to hear from me again. Thanks for watching, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Vignal says, all right, this is all fake what? TNE is just fake news now. Well, I'm... We also I'd like to inject humor and satire in the news. And I'm a firm belief that uh, AI, uh, deep fakes, uh, should only be used for co comedic news satire purposes, uh, which is what Face Replace does. And <laughs> I mean, is it really much different than what Holly Willoughby is thinking? And uh, now I saw that. Uh, uh, Ron Nelson has said, uh, Tim, get with it. Get with being a nationalist. How about promoting a referendum on immigration and abortion? Well, I would support a, a referendum, a plebiscite on uh, further Im mass immigration into Australia. But remember what Fraser Anning said in his maiden speech, he wanted a, a public vote on on mass immigration uh, as a final solution he was basically destroyed and character assassinated and we didn't give in this referendum the answer uh, that uh, the elites in both parties wanted and so they won't be asking us uh, for a vote any uh, for another vote anytime soon in fact peter dutton has walked back his pledge to hold a a second referendum just on recognition he said that australians are over referendums uh, for now uh we'll reformulate our policy in time for the next election so they will only 
I would support that, uh, support a a vote. Uh, but it's but it's I'm a realist. They're they're not going to ask us a question that they don't like the answer to. I know that Leith Van Onselen over in Macro Business said we should have a vote on it. I agree, uh, but I'm also a real a realist. And sadly, with abortion, I uh, the the public polling shows that Australians are pro-abortion, pro-euthanasia. If they actually saw uh, how brutal and and sadistic uh, and bloody uh, abortion procedures were, basically how the baby is sucked out and basically hacked, its body parts hacked off, it is absolutely disgusting. If they saw that, if they saw the movie Unplanned, it'd all be pro-life. Uh, now, that's the end of Tim's News Explosion for tonight. Thank you for coming through the two-hour Post Voice special. I'll be back tomorrow night. Now, I apologize uh, that my interview with Teresa Van Lyshot uh, that I promoted last night didn't play, take place. That was due to a scheduling error on my part. I've just been so busy uh, with uh, organizing the referendum uh, a referendum and New Zealand election coverage that I gave Teresa the 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 wrong date, but we are going to be merging the interview into the theorist tomorrow. So both my and Andy are going to introduce Teresa, and obviously uh, she, her, her legal persecution has ended. Uh, she was forced to plead guilty. She got sentenced to two months prison and a two hundred dollar fine, but she's free now. I uh, with uh, so she served seven months in prison on remand, eight months of se- of house arrest where she was and uh, she was forcibly drugged for twelve months, uh, all because she declared herself the governor general and imported some fake badges uh, to have her own police force. She wasn't going to take over the country. They wanted to make an example of her during. Uh, COVID. Now she's finally free of her bail uh, bail uh, conditions. She can now speak for herself, uh, upload to social media, and also leave the state of South Australia. So I'll see you all on the Theorist YouTube channel, 9, 9 p.m. tomorrow night with myself, Andy Nolch, Teresa Van Leishart. It'll be the, the final Theorist for a little while because Andy Nolch is then going to Queensland uh, to film his uh, Barrier Reef uh, documentary. So thank you uh, for uh, going through with me on this extended uh, post-voice referendum show. I think we can uh, maybe keep celebrating. They say it's never good to gloat, uh, but yes, it is. You lost, you lost, you lost all of you anti-Australian uh, hating uh, left leftist wankers. Uh, so I hope that uh, you stay silent and mourn forever. I hope that the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander flags are taken down permanently. We should, uh, Australia Day uh, should now uh, be 100% celebrated by our government institutions. Having an, You should be able to carry an Australian flag in the CBD on Australia Day. We should end the welcome to countries. No more Uncle Colin at AFL games. Get rid of that. We are Australia. Uh, we have one flag, one anthem. We are one people, one country, under one law and one constitution. Australia has come back. It has risen again. We are back, uh, but there will be plenty. There, there will, will be a, a counteroffensive by the uh, communist, cultural Marxist, anti-Australian left. Don't you worry about that. Uh, but uh, we have shown that we can defeat them. Good night, everybody. And I love Australia.
I'm a proud Australian. I'm a proud Victorian as well. Good night, everybody. Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's news explosion.